morning. Uh, today's scripture is from Ephesians chapter 1, 15 to 23. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in the knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now that he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world but also in the world to come, God has put all things under authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Kent Kreiser, for reading the scripture for us this morning. Good morning, everyone. And uh, it's a great day to be here. I'm glad you're here. Uh, it's been quite a week. Uh, there, uh, our country has done us proud. We've been receiving gold and silver and bronze, and it's been an awesome week. Uh, great hockey games last night. I was trying to get to bed and just had to watch that Russian-German uh, hockey uh, uh, gold tournament uh, playoff, and it was, it was just awesome. Um, and then there was also a grand ushering into heaven this past week. A gold was given in heaven as well, right? Billy Graham, uh, age 99, wonderful servant of God, uh, went home to be with the Lord. Uh, how, many, how many here have been to a Billy Graham crusade? Yeah. Oh, my, awesome. Uh, we've been to a number, and uh, it's impacted our family. Uh, so we are just so grateful uh, for his ministry. He's home with the Lord, and uh, we're thankful for him. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for your servant, uh, Billy Graham. Uh, Lord, uh, he gets the gold. He's faithful uh, right to the end, and uh, we're grateful uh, for his life, for his leadership, for his ministry, and uh, Lord, we're grateful he can be with you uh, through all eternity. Uh, thank you for bringing us together this morning and uh, knowing our hearts uh, before we even step into here, loving us. Thank you that you're so filled with grace. Thank you that you want the best for every one of us. No matter how we've come this morning, maybe feeling down on ourselves and feeling like we never measure up, Lord, I just pray that the Holy Spirit will take us this morning and uh, bring us to new heights of, uh, of our journey with you. Thank you for the privilege of, of your word today. And I pray that Ephesians 1 will just be monumental in our hearts again today uh, for the glory of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Well, Deeper, it's the name of our new series. Uh, notice how our Bibles just kind of uh, naturally fall open to the, the book of Ephesians these days. Pastor Quinn uh, completed uh, part three of our top ten uh, blessings uh, last week. Thank you. Uh, Pastor Quinn, and uh, I know uh, I listened to the message. It was awesome. 
You know, it's taken us uh, three, three uh, sermons, three or four sermons, I think, for the first 14 verses. I said, oh my, how are we ever going to get through the book of Ephesians if we do it this way? But you can't rush those verses, right? Right? Right, right. That's our story, and we're sticking to it. Uh, they're, they're just pure gold. So these first verses uh, are, are like a doxology. They bring uh, praise and glory to God because of the blessings that he's given us. Uh, those are huge blessings that God has blessed us with. The blessing of being in Christ. The blessing of being chosen. The blessing of being predestined to adoption. The blessing of being redeemed. The blessing of being forgiven. Uh, the blessing of being lavished with his grace. And the blessing of the mystery of his will. And then last week, the blessing of an internal inheritance the blessing of being sealed by the Spirit, and the blessing of a guaranteed inheritance. It's been an amazing declaration of praise, a doxology for 14 verses, a song of praise, 200 words long, all one sentence in the original language. So after this explosion of praise, uh, Paul is now going to shift to the theme of prayer. And he teaches us how to pray in verses 15 to 19. He teaches us how to pray. I think we will look at prayer differently after we hear what Paul wants to say to the followers of Jesus in Ephesus. And I want always to remember these words. I pray I'll never forget them because this is the heartbeat of Paul. Uh, they're transforming these words to your prayer life. Uh, we teach some of these things in our Hearing God seminar. But I love this text. And I know you will love it too. Uh, we can pray this. Uh, we're going to pray this prayer tonight at our prayer summit for Southwest as we, we, as we meet here in the upper, in the great room tonight. Uh, I would venture to say that all of us are carrying some heavy things these days that we feel rather helpless about. Uh, you can't change the situation by your own strength. You need God's strength. You need God to do something if anything is going to get done to change the, the way that the outcome is going to look like. And you can just think of your own context this morning. I think of mine. You can think of yours. But we all have something that we carry, perhaps very deeply, no doubt. Now, Paul had a group of people, uh, many of whom he had led to the Lord. Uh, they were in Ephesus. And it seems like he's praying for them all the time. Uh, he couldn't go the, to them. Uh, he couldn't be there in person. He felt so helpless to do anything for them tangibly. He was under arrest. But what he could do, he did. And that was to pray. What a lesson in prayer from prison. And he teaches us how to pray. When you're miles away from a loved one and you can't be there, you can sure pray. There are two prayers that re get recorded in the letter to the Ephesians. Well, I mean, how many times did Paul pray? I mean, pr his life was all about prayer. But two of these prayers made such an impact that the Spirit of God ensured that they were written down in the text for all of us to read for all time. And uh, the first prayer is in chapter 1 and the second prayer is over in chapter 3. And we'll get that in a few more Sundays. But here in these verses in chapter 1... Prayer is the theme, particularly verses 15 through 19. First of all, the prayer of thanksgiving. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith 
in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. Now, these people were followers of Christ in Ephesus, uh, and they were always on Paul's heart and his mind. He carries them deeply in his heart. Why does he give thanks? There are two things here that are stirring Paul to give thanks. First of all, their strong faith in the Lord Jesus. Their strong faith in the Lord Jesus. What blesses his heart is that they're trusting Jesus for their daily lives. In other words, they didn't just start the race and then quit. They're moving on. They're trusting Jesus. And so the Ephesians believed that that Christ would take care of them through thick and thin, and that he could, they could just trust him. Their faith wasn't like the man who was attempting to cross the frozen St. Lawrence River. Unsure whether the ice would hold or not, the man first tested it by putting one hand on it, then he got out there with his knees and he put both knees on it, and he decided that he would cross the river by just inching his way across on hands and knees. And when he was about in the middle of the frozen river, uh, trembling with fear, he heard a noise behind him, and he looked around, and he saw a team of horses pulling a carriage down the river. And they drove right past him while he crouched there on all fours. Uh, they, they were just confident that the ice would hold, and they went flying by him. He turned a deep red in his neck and face, embarrassed that he was so cautious on his hands and knees, and this carriage is just flying by. If only he had really known the firmness of the ice, he wouldn't have been so cautious. He was paralyzed with fear. The other guy is cruising along with horses and carriage. And the believers in Ephesus had come a long ways. They were confident of who Christ was in their lives. They were growing up in their faith. They were moving forward with boldness and confidence. And they weren't afraid holding back. That was so encouraging to Paul. And friends, that's a wonderful confidence and maturity. When you come to those times in your life when you have to climb over so many barriers, when you're overwhelmed with all the challenges, and then you trust in Jesus, and your trust in Jesus gets stronger and stronger and stronger, and it moves you to get through all of the obstacles. And when you have to deal with very difficult people in your life, and you have to learn to trust the Lord to help you in those relationships. And when you encounter things in your life which are very difficult to understand, why would I ever have to face this? Why has this come to visit me? And you are prone to panic. You're filled with fear, but you move through it, and you rely on Him, and you lean on Him, and you know that the ice is thick, and you can trust it. How incredibly encouraging for Paul to know that these followers, many of whom he had led to Christ, they're now moving on. And, and he is so thankful for their strong faith in the Lord Jesus. Secondly, he was thankful for, for God's people, for their love for God's people everywhere. He, Paul was so thankful that they loved God and, and, and they loved people. And here what, here's what Paul is saying. My, my heart starts to beat real fast and my prayers for you intensify when I learn that you have a love for God's people everywhere. Now, if you don't mind uh, marking your Bible, underline everywhere. They had a love for all of God's people everywhere. 
They're not only trusting God, but they are loving people. Now, it takes a certain amount of maturity to love people everywhere. Not just our own kind, not just those who look like us and who talk like us, but all people from all tribes and nations from around the world. Not just the people who are your own age demographic, not just the people who are in your church, your, your home group, but there's a great diversity within the body. And it's simply awesome. It's simply awesome. But we have a love for God's people everywhere. Wow, do we rejoice with other followers of Christ uh, who are moving ahead in their ministry with God. And maybe ours is kind of stalled. And we can still rejoice with Christians uh, another, in another part of the world and their ministry is just blossoming. Here's how St. John of the Cross put it when he talked about rejoicing with others. As far as everyone is concerned, many experience displeasure when they see others in possession of spiritual goods. They feel sensibly hurt because others surpass them on this road, and they resent it when others are praised. Paul says, I'm so thankful that you love God's people everywhere. Every Wednesday for an hour, I'm part of a mentoring program with pastors across our country. Uh, I'm on with 25 pastors online from Charlottetown to Abbotsford. And we are from every denominational stripe, and we never talk about it. I don't really care. We're all God's servants trying to grow. And these are my friends. I cheer for them. Regardless of church or community or cultural background, we are such a diversified group. We're all God's people. Amen? We're all God's people. It's easy to get parochial. We're right. Everybody else is wrong. It's easy to give your loyalty to one person almost to a fault so you follow that person whether they're really on target or not. Something dangerous can happen when we follow only the teachings of, of one man or one woman. I hope that you're reading broadly. You can go, for example, to Right Now Media, and you can immerse yourself in great teaching from a broad evangelical perspective. And I don't know, some of you, some of you are, have a subscription to this. It doesn't cost you a thing because the church has signed up. We pay a monthly fee for this. There are over 12,000 videos in the library. They're great teaching. And you can just go online at any time and avail yourself of these videos. Uh, just go to uh, Right Now Media or just to the website address that's on the screen there. And if you have any problems, just give us a call at the office and we'll get you, get you signed up. Because there really is no charge for it. Paul was proud of their maturity because they had a love for God's people every, everywhere. You know, we all need one another. If you're on the Anthony Hende and it's minus 20 and you have a flat tire and you've got no way to change your tire, we're so thankful for anyone who stops to help. You don't question 
Are you evangelical? Do you believe in the rapture of the church? Are you pre-trib? No, you never say that. You might just say, thanks for stopping. Do you have a jack? Do you have a tire wrench? Oh, you do? Thank you, thank you. We receive God's help from wherever, whoever. Love for God's people everywhere. Someone said to me a couple of weeks ago, I'm praying for you, Pastor Ken. I have a sense that you might encounter a bit of a hard week, but I'm praying for you. So my ears picked up a little bit. And they said, no, this is just a small blip. Don't be concerned. And, uh, and uh, so I, I was attuned all week to his words, and he was right. And it was just a little blip, and I could let it go. And, but he made me aware that he was praying and that God was in charge and to get a God perspective on this. So, you know, it's encouraging, friends, when you tell somebody, hey, you're on my heart, and I'm praying for you. That's a love for God's people. So you don't know how much you encourage people when you just say to them, hey, by the way, as you go out the door, I'm praying for you. You're in my prayers. I mentioned that verse 16, I believe, is the hinge verse. It points back to thanksgiving, but it also points us forward to verses 17 to 19. So first of all, the prayer of thanksgiving, and secondly, the prayer of intercession. The prayer of intercession. Now, friends, we're just on the doorstep of being tutored by the apostle in how to pray. And you know what's interesting to me is the fact that he doesn't seem to be waving the flag like, this is brand new stuff. Over here, come over here. They had obviously become, this had become commonplace for Paul. But it's not for me. I'm not sure about you. So I've been asking the Father to help me learn how to pray this way. Won't you join me? There are two pieces that jump out at us from the text. Number one, ask to grow in your knowledge of God. Just ask the Father to help you grow in your knowledge of God. Here's what he says. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. Paul prays that the Ephesians will develop a deeper knowledge of Christ. Of course, uh, the believers at Ephesus knew Christ, but Paul is saying that they might know him better. His heart was that they would learn to know more than just some facts about Christ, that they would learn to know him in a deeper way. I once met the Prime Minister of Canada, John Diefenbaker. I almost hate to say that because that kind of ages me. Uh, I met him when we were flying back from Winnipeg to Edmonton and we stopped in Saskatoon. I don't know the former Prime Minister, John Diefenbaker. I don't know him. Do you know where I met him? I met him in the washroom in the airport. Now, you don't get too friendly in a washroom. I just said hello, and we both had important business in the washroom, and none of it involved getting to know one another. But I could say I know him. I have met him. But I don't know him very much. Paul wants his dear friends to grow in their knowledge of Christ and of God. How well do we know Christ? The great need of any church 
The great need of all of us is knowing Christ better. A deeper knowledge of Him, a broader understanding of who He is, a fuller knowledge of Christ. Remember what Paul wrote in Philippians 3.10? He said, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. And I want to experience the mighty power that raised Him from the dead. I want to get to know Him. And I want to experience the power that raised Him from the dead. Getting to know God in a deeper way. Growing in, in knowledge is not just a matter of more biblical knowledge, although that's always good, but we touch on this in the Hearing God seminar. It is recognizing that this is the work of the Holy Spirit and listening to His voice as He teaches us, and He takes us deeper. He wants to speak to us, and we can learn to hear His voice. And that's the joy. We can learn to hear His voice. So see what Paul says, I'm asking the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ to give you this insight so you can grow. It comes as the Holy Spirit ministers. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. No one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So we need to hear God and we need to invite the Holy Spirit to lead us in our journey to knowing God better. How do I get a fuller knowledge of God? Well, Paul says, I'm asking God to give you spiritual wisdom and insight. He said, I'm asking God to give you spiritual wisdom and insight. Folks, this is a gold mine. Fuller knowledge is our awareness of how God is at work in our lives. Fuller knowledge is an awareness of how he guides his people on, on our journey on, on this planet until we get to heaven like Billy Graham has just gone to heaven. We want to understand more about God in our personal journey. How? It comes through spiritual wisdom and revelation or insight. Now, what's spiritual wisdom? Wisdom is a word in the Greek, sophia, which means discernment. It means wise discerning awareness. You grasp the situation accurately. You see it as God sees it. Oh, to have that kind of wisdom. That you see the situation as God sees it. The word revelation means unveiling. It is an unveiling of truth. It's revelation, like just like the last book of the Bible called Revelation. It's an unveiling of things yet to come. It is insight. Insight that is to come. So Paul is saying, I'm asking God the Father to open your mind so that you're able to get his wisdom, so that you're able to get his discernment in the midst of your circumstance, and that he will unveil the truth so you will have insight. Oh, I want to learn to pray that way. I want to learn to pray that way. When you have discernment of the situation, when you have truth in your circumstance, you're brought into a fuller understanding of God. And it's amazing what that does for you. It really lifts you up. Even though nothing might change, the fact that you see it in God's understanding, in God's light and knowledge is so helpful and encouraging, it just changes your perspective. You are no longer victims of your circumstances. 
I have no idea what's happening to me. Oh no, we can see through things. We can, we can get God's perspective on the world. And when we do submit to his authority, uh, we can say, Father, I don't, I don't know how we'll get through this, but you're with me and I'll follow you. I'll follow you through this. So when the Tao falls, like it did a couple of weeks back, like, whoa, 2,000 points in a day, huge panic sets in. And some people are very vulnerable to that and may take a huge loss. How can I cope with this? Or maybe it's a serious disease that you've suddenly discovered in your body. And without Christ, you might be tempted to panic. But now that you know Christ, you begin to pray for wisdom and revelation. Father, this is so hard. Help me see this now as an opportunity to trust you. I don't know where it's going. But I know you are sovereign over all of my life, including my health. Oh, yes, we ask the questions. Why? 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 God, why? Uh, but because we are given wisdom and discernment and an unveiling of truth and insight, we look beyond our situation and we know that God is sovereignly at work in my suffering. Even in the things that are beyond my control, he is at work. And I have an increased knowledge of God, an increased personal intimate knowledge of God brought about by the Holy Spirit, and it strengthens me in my journey. Friends, wouldn't this be a great... Wouldn't this be great to pray for our kids? Wouldn't it be great to pray that our kids would have spiritual insight, discernment, wisdom? That we could be praying this for our teenagers? Praying this for our young adult children? For anybody. But I'm thinking of our kids. We could be praying this like, just like Paul was praying it for his kids, for his spiritual kids. Pray for spiritual wisdom and revelation or insight that as our children journey along, they will get it. That they don't have to go down the road and be disappointed by God because I didn't get it. That as our children move forward, they will get it. They will understand who God is. That they will know when they come up against hard stuff, they will know God. And they will see the picture that he's painting, even if they don't comprehend it all. They'll know that God is sovereign. They will trust him. They'll become sensitive to his spirit. That their choices will be good choices, character-growing choices. That when they come to choose a life partner, they will have spiritual wisdom and revelation. And make choices based on character and not on appearance. Pray for spiritual wisdom and revelation or insight. Pray for wisdom and unveiling of truth so you can be the kind of mom or dad to help your children. Help me, Lord, to have insight into each of my children, into the bents in their lives, into how, God, you gifted them and how you blessed them, whether I have one child or a dozen. They're all uniquely yours. They're all different, and, Lord, I need to see how you made them. That prayer will help you as you pray for your children to have spiritual wisdom and insight and revelation. Secondly, ask to have better spiritual vision. Ask to have better spiritual vision. I pray that your hearts 
will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. That's from the New Living Translation. From the NIV, I pray that the eyes of your hearts may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Paul gives three things that will help you see better. They're awesome. They, that will open the eyes of your heart. First of all, the hope of your calling. The hope of your calling. We need to ask the Father for a picture of our calling. I, I don't know about you, but I, I think it's so easy to get caught up in the pace of our day in the stuff that comes to us, in the schedules that we keep, that we lose perspective of what it's really all about. Uh, since you are a follower of Christ, what is it exactly that he's calling you to do? Do you have any idea of what he is calling you to do? I don't mean vocation. Well, that might play into it for sure. But what is your calling? What is your calling Ask the Lord for clarity about your calling. If you do a word study of calling in the scripture, it's just, it's, there are so many, so many scripture verses that just leap out at you. It's a powerful concept. It's what our lives are to be all about. It, it doesn't mean just for a man like Billy Graham, who had a wonderful, unique calling on his life. And I don't think we would say, oh, I want to be like Billy Graham, because... He had a unique calling. And maybe we're grateful that we don't have his calling because we don't know all that he went through. But we all have a calling. We have a biblical calling. He has called us to holiness, for one thing. Uh, Ephesians 4, 1, he, he's called us to lead a life worthy of our calling. He's called us to be part of the body of Christ and there are many more, but there's one I have to give to you. And in 1 Peter 5, it says he has called us to suffering. That's the one I don't want to talk about. But there it is. The next time you seriously suffer, you may come to appreciate that it's part of of his calling. And that makes all the difference. It keeps you sane as you try to process what's happening. When you grasp it that the Father who knows you so well, so deeply, so intimately, he also knows your suffering. He knows what you're going through. And because he knows, and because he's there in the midst of it all, it changes everything. We uh, spent a little time this past week with Mark's brother uh, in Henderson, Nevada, part of Las Vegas. But the reason I don't say Las Vegas is because you'll say, what's he doing in Las Vegas? So I, it's, I, I, we, we were in Henderson. Uh, and uh, while Larry is really suffering, yeah, he's... Sixty-eight years old, 
gone through cancer surgery. All the chemo he can take. All the radiation he can take. Yes, we have it. We've got it. We're sure we have it. A few weeks later, back with a vengeance. Back with a vengeance. Yesterday, tumor is as large as a baseball. Yeah, you can pray for Larry. He's battling for his life. But we prayed Ephesians 1 for him. When the Lord Jesus enters into the pain of your suffering, it changes changes attitude your heart and you move from resistance to acceptance now you're in a place to learn what God has for you and you will grow regardless of the outcome you'll grow but it is suffering it is suffering and he is suffering you're going through tough times It's doing something for you. It's making you wise. It's making you open. It's making you who God wants you to be. Called to suffering. You're not out of his will necessarily because you're suffering. It could be that you're right in the heart of his will. But you're still suffering. I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened so that you would get it and you would really know it. And it gives hope. And I, I love these words from... Kent Hughes, who wrote a commentary on Ephesians, he says, listen, hope is the opposite of despair. It breathes a massive optimism. We're going to stand with Christ at the final press conference of the universe. Isn't that good? I'll just read that again. We're going to stand with Christ at the final press conference of the universe. And our photograph is going to be taken with him, and we're going to look like him. And then he quotes 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. What hope. That's the hope of your calling. That's the hope of your calling. Secondly, the riches of God's inheritance, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. What an inheritance we have. I've often gone to 1 Peter chapter 1 as a text at a funeral. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled beyond the reach of uh, change and decay. There's coming a day when we will be free. We'll be really free. There will be no more battles with the adversary. There, there will be no more sickness and pain. It, we, it will be worship and, and being with him forever on an adventure that we can't even really picture this side of heaven. I mean, if earth can be as good as it is at times, what will heaven be like? I can only imagine. Remember that old song? Uh, I guess it's old now, By Mercy Me. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? 
Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. The prayer of Paul is that our eyes will be opened to see the riches of his, of his inheritance. When we stand with him in glory coming into our eternal inheritance, all of our limitations, physically, emotionally, mentally, relationally, that'll all be gone. All of our physical disabilities and, and diseases, our hardships, our handicaps, our, our stresses, our mistakes, our stumbles, will be put away forever. Pray for our eyes to be opened to see the big picture of eternity. And then finally, the surpassing greatness of God's power. I also pray that you will understand the incredible surpassing greatness of God's power for us who believe him. And Paul wants us just to catch a, a, a glimpse of the overwhelming power, immeasurably great, magnificently mighty, profoundly great, power in excess, turbo power. So much more. His power is surpassing you can't measure it. It's not a human power. This is a dynamic power. It comes from the indwelling of Christ, and it comes from prayer. So we pray that our eyes will be open to this surpassing power, that we're not helpless, that when you're praying for a loved one, you're, you're doing the, the best thing that you can possibly do. You're ex asking for the power of God. Wow. So much in this text. There's so much. You say, well, how do I remember all that? It's easy. Just take the text. Just pray it. Just take the text. Pray it over and over again. We'll pray it tonight at our summit for Southwest. Prayer of thanksgiving and the prayer of intercession. Prayer of thanksgiving and the prayer of intercession. Let's stand together as we close. Our Father, give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see what you're saying to us today. Teach us to pray like Jesus and teach us to pray like Paul. Lord, so much of life doesn't make sense to us because we only see through our own eyes. So open the eyes of our hearts so we can really see like you see. Give to us over here at TCC our heart's desire to walk closely with you. We pray for spiritual wisdom and insight for the situations we're facing. There, Lord, there are many, there are many in this room. Help us to view the situation uh, as you do. Uh, help us to know your heart in a greater way. And Father, thank you for your calling upon TCC. Thank you for your calling on each person here. May we sense it. May we embrace it. May we be intentional with your calling on our lives. And may we pursue it. Lord, bless your children. Bless your children here this morning in our journey. Grant us great insight. Grant us a fresh lavishing of your grace upon us all. 
And may your magnificent name be praised in every life. And all God's people said,